Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Matt Kritzberg. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Things are going pretty well. Uh, we're recording a little late this week because both of us had the opportunity to see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, so <laughs> had to take up on it. And now we're back, and I guess it's good that we recorded a day late this week because there's been a lot of things happening in Braves country. Yeah, it's, uh, it's some good, some bad, um, <laughs> mostly bad until the game tonight. Uh, Braves are up by a touchdown over uh, Boston in the going into the seventh here. So, so that's good news. Um, but, uh, and, and there's been some good news last week on affiliates, a couple of the, the Rome and Augusta had some really nice weeks. And then we had a major promotion, uh, that we'll talk about here as well. But the news today really, uh, caught everybody. I don't know by surprise. We knew something was up, but the Braves put, uh, left-handed pitcher Max Freed on the, on the uh, 15 day injured list for a left forearm strain. And whenever you hear that, your mind kind of automatically goes to the worst place. And that would be a tear of the UCL, which would require usually Tommy John surgery. But according to beat writers, that's not what they're looking at here. It's, it's simply inflammation. They just want to shut him down, let that calm down. And then they'll have to build him back up. He won't be back very quickly in all likelihood. Um, so that we'll have to figure out what's going to happen with the rotation while he's out, but he should be pitching again at some point this season. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're not going to put any kind of a timetable on it. And, and it sounds like basically he's going to have to start over from scratch. Like it was spring training once he is allowed to start pitching again. So we're not talking about 15 days by any means. We're talking about weeks, probably months. So I think it's a matter of um, we got the three starting pitchers right now and tried to hold down the fort in the other two spots until we get some reinforcements and Freed and or Kyle Wright. Yeah, and we we still don't know quite. There's no timetable for Kyle Wright either. Um, he's had a recurrence of that inflammation in the right shoulder that slowed him down toward the end of last year. He got the quarter zone shot in January that delayed his spring training. It delayed his start. And he's quite frankly, never, never really looked fully recovered. He had one start that was really good. He was really kind of breaking off some good curveballs on that one start. And then, it, then the following start, it, he had to leave um, as it was uh, causing him pain again. So uh, I'm not sure what we're going to get from Kyle Wright this season. So let's talk about what the alternatives are. Right now it's uh, Strider and Morton and Elder are kind of locked in place. Elder has been really pitching out of his mind. Uh, what a turnaround from the guy that uh, was an early option in spring training and, uh, you know, had one start for Gwinnett. He came up and never really looked back. Yeah, I mean, he was sent down so early. He was part of, uh, like, in the same day, it was Elder and Ian Anderson being sent down. I think this was with about three weeks left in spring training. I mean, it was pretty early on, and uh, obviously circumstances changed in a hurry, but uh, and he's leading – I mean, he basically has rescued this staff so far this season. I mean, and plus he's uh, second in the league in ERA. He's uh, third in uh, all of baseball and ground ball rate, and, I mean, he's – do, I mean, if he keeps pitching the way he's going to pitch and keep the runners off base, and I mean, there's no reason he can't at least 
have some degree of success, at least as a mid-rotation starter, but obviously they're going to depend on him to step up to be more than just a back-end guy. Absolutely. And um, so that leaves two spots for now, the ones vacated by uh, Freed and Wright. They were they were probably hoping to get by with just four stars this week because uh, of the off days, but the Freed injury uh, kind of quashed that. It looks like they may be going with a bullpen game and then uh, Strider coming back on Friday. But at some point, they're going to have to bring somebody else in. So let's let's talk about who we think that's going to be. Uh, my thought it's going to be Michael Soroka. I think so, too. Now, I think what would have happened is that, let's say, if Charlie Morton had not gone, very, like if he had gotten knocked out early in tonight's game, I think they would have called up a starting pitcher from Gwinnett, whether it be Soroka or Jared Schuster, uh, to start a game. But being that uh, Morton's pitched six innings now, I think it's going to be a full-on bullpen game on Wednesday. They'll have Thursday off, so you'll have fresh bullpen for Friday. You won't need a fourth pitcher until Monday, but then you'll need a fifth one on Tuesday. So, uh Remains to be seen. I mean, you got Dodd, Schuster, and Soroka as your three options for two spots. And frankly, Dylan Dodd has not pitched well in his last couple of starts at Gwinnett. So I don't know if he's going to be one of those options in the short term. But I'm, I'm sure they're going to need all of them at some point over for the course of the season. Yeah, he he did a, a fairly nice job uh, in the fill-in spot last week on, on last Wednesday. Tonight, he, he hit kind of hard. You know, I imagine he might have been waiting to hear if he's going to get scratched in case he needed to come up and pitch on Thursday. But um, obviously that didn't happen. So I, I wonder what his mindset was was like there. Yeah, he, he might, it's almost kind of like a spot start. I mean, if he wasn't expecting it or and possibly that he would be called up. I mean, because technically he could have come right in and uh, they, I mean, they could have put Freed on the IL and bring back Dodd as the injury replacement. He could have started tomorrow easily, but obviously that's not the way they decided to go. And uh, I'm sure he'll be up at some point, but it just may not be in the short term. Yep. All right. So the, the other alternative besides Dodd and, and Soroka is uh, Jared Schuster. Um, he's been pitching not, not so bad in Gwinnett. Um, I know he, he didn't look quite as good as Dodd up in Atlanta, uh, but I wonder if they're just kind of picking a, a spot, maybe a, maybe a lesser opponent to uh, bring him back. Yeah, it looks like they'll bring have to bring both of them back, or two pitchers in versus the Texas Rangers next week. I mean, in the past, you would think, okay, it's the Rangers. That, that's a let's pick our spot there. That'd be a good one to pick. But the Rangers are in first place in the AL West right now, and they're playing pretty well, and it's on the road. So I don't know if that's the way. They want to go. I mean, famously, last year um, they took Kyle Muller and started him on the road against the Rangers, and it did not go well at all, mainly because, I mean, the contributing factor was probably pitching in front of his family and basically a home crowd for him. But uh, Dodd and Schuster will not have that issue. And speaking of Schuster, uh, his last time out, he got one start last week. He pitched six innings and gave up no hits. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he pitched pretty well that day. I mean, he did uh, walk three, so, I mean, he did have – a little bit of command issues, but I mean, he pitched very well, and it's it's good to see him pitching that well. And I think he'll be getting a uh, spot here in the not in the near future. Like I said, I think they're probably going to be moving those three guys in and out of those uh, back end spots at least um, in the short term till we can kind of get a more of a handle on how long Freed and or Wright will be out. Yeah, I I think once Soroka comes up, he's staying up. I don't think. They're- yeah, I think so too. I don't think he's going to be a spot start or one and done, but. Obviously, we had another start last week, and 
kind of the same issues. He gives up giving up a lot of hits. I mean, he pitched four innings, gave up three runs, uh, gave up seven hits over those four innings. It seems like the the control is back. I mean, he only walked one over those four innings. He hasn't been walking anybody, and he hasn't been giving up any home runs. But it's just the command. He's not quite locating exactly where he needs to. And plus, he's got a triple-A defense behind him, not the defense he would have at the major league level. And like we mentioned last week, he a couple of starts ago, he had an infield playing completely out of position. He had a first baseman playing third. He had a third baseman playing first. He had a shortstop playing second. And that kind of thing's not particularly helpful, but uh, I, th- I think he'll fare better with a major league uh, contingent behind him. Yeah, I agree with that. Let, let's talk about some wild card possibilities here. Um, there's uh, Gwinnett staff ace, Alan Winans. Um, he is the staff ace, so you'd think he would be first in line, but um, he's not on the 40-man roster. Um, oh. So because of that, I, I don't know, they would have to DFA someone to bring him on, but um, he would be someone that I think the Braves would be interested in because – Talking about moving a guy in and out with him, you can move him also in and out of the rotation. You can also relieve him. Yeah, and they've already done that with him at Gwinnett this year. I mean, he he'll he'll go out and give you six innings as a starter, and he also had an appearance as a long reliever where he uh, ate up four innings worth of um, work. And I mean, he's he's pitched very well for Gwinnett this season. He's uh, striking out a lot, people generating a lot of uh, swings, swings and misses, uh, not walking anybody. Which um, in Atlanta, that's uh, a big thing i mean they want to have nothing else at least throw strikes and i don't think they would have that problem out of alan wine and so i think he he's going to get a shot at some point in some capacity and i don't think it'd be that difficult to free up a 40-man spot because i mean we're not there on freed and right yet but um there's there's a chance you can move one or both to the 60-day il at some point yeah i agree and let's talk about a deep deep dark horse here uh Nick Marge of Vicious. I think that's how you say it, right? Yeah, I mean, it'd be the darkest Mar- of the dark horses because he's only got a handful of appearances at Gwinnett so far, and he has not pitched well. But uh, he, he came in just a couple of weeks ago, so he's definitely not up to speed as of right now. But um, if, it, if, if it comes to that and he's a guy you may need, like, you just need somebody to come in for a spot start type situation, that might be a way to go too. But I think the rankings right now are Soroka, Schuster, Dodd probably not too far behind him, then Winans and so forth. Yeah, according to uh, baseball reference, you pronounce it Margav, Margavicious, Margavicious, with the emphasis on the Gav, G-A-V. So just a sh- shortened version of Margarine Vicious. Margarine Vicious. Uh, it is for the arteries. All right. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a deep, deep, deep dark horse, but he does have major league experience, which is why I kind of was looking at him. He's been effective um, on occasion at the major league level. So, um, yeah, maybe a spot start, but but I think it'll be Soroka, and then I think it'll be Schuster. I think they'll give him first shot. Um, And I think once you get those two called up, I think they're going to be signing guys off the street to come in and fill spots in that Gwinnett rotation because there's real – I mean – Tanner Gordon was promoted and he got his first start for Gwinnett last week. So you're looking at uh, whoever doesn't make it out of the Soroka, Schuster, Dodd uh, trio. You'll have Marga Vicious, um, Bo Burrows, Bo Burrows, Tanner Gordon. I mean, that's 
So you got you got room to add another body or two, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some kind of veteran off the street or somebody who's been recently DFA'd by another team to uh, come in just to at least somebody to eat up some innings. I don't know if it'd be somebody with the possibility of ever coming up. And then you still got guys out there like Colby Allard went on the 60-day IL during spring training. So I don't know what his progress is or if he'll be – I mean, because he was out with an oblique, so you got to imagine he's at least getting – somewhat back in shape and if he gets healthy he can definitely be in, in the race to get a start here and there yeah it was a category two strain which is pretty serious so uh, he'll, he'll i assume he'll be back at some point this year but it's probably I, I would say no no earlier than the all-star break it would be my guess but we'll see about that and you know and they could always promote mississippi staff ace domingo robles yeah, he had quite the week uh, this week. It was a very interesting day. Of course, um, last week, they, A.J. smith Shaver got a big promotion from Rome to Mississippi. Well, we're moving on now. Moving on to the east side. To a deluxe apartment in the sky. He got his first start on Friday night at Pensacola, and pitched two innings, and then the bottom fell out of the sky, which it tends to do in Pensacola at times. Uh, so uh, after a lengthy rain delay, they decided that Smith Shawford could not come back in the game, so Domingo Robles took over, and he pitched the third inning, and he pitched the fourth inning, and he just kept on pitching. <laughs> and eventually he pitched the entire rest of the game. So he pitched seven innings in relief, which is pretty impressive. And in those seven innings, he gave up just three hits, no runs, struck out seven, and walked just one on just 75 pitches. So an incredibly impressive uh, appearance by Robles, uh, which helped earn him the OFR Pitcher of the Week as well as the Southern League Pitcher of the Week. So <laughs> pretty good for just a relief appearance. Yeah, and it's, it's nice. You get bumped out of the rotation, and you still pitch seven shutout innings. That's amazing. <laughs> And I believe he's yeah. already slotting right back in the rotation this week with the promotion of Tanner Gordon. So nice little reward there for Robles as well. Yeah. Well, I, we've talked about him. He's, he's looked good. So um, I was surprised that he was the one that got the bump, but, uh, but yeah, he, he should slot right back in. And quite frankly, if they were going to promote anybody from, from that team, uh, that's the guy that I would pick. Yeah. Cause you got a lot of guys who are just, I mean, Rangel, I mean, I don't see him getting promoted. And then you got guys like Diavila, uh, Scott Blue, and he's going to get a couple of starts this week with the, the Tuesday, Sunday starts. I mean, guys like those aren't really on the promotion radar. So, yeah, I, I think Robles is definitely out there if they want somebody to call up. And, um, and we would be remiss without noting that uh, Braden Shoemaker got the call up to the major leagues. He was He moved on up and got the start on Sunday. I don't think he's been – in the lineup since then, because of course, then we got the very surprise activation of uh, Orlando Arcia from the IL, which uh, seemed seemed to come out of nowhere, and uh, Von Grissen was optioned. Um, so Braden Shoemaker right now apparently the reserve infielder, which I imagine it lasts exactly as long as Adrianza's IL stint. And I believe Adrianza is already going to be eligible to come off um, the IL on Friday. Since it was backdated, so that'll be, I think, Thursday will be his 10th day. He'll be able to come back uh, when they hit the road in Toronto this weekend. So Shoemaker could be headed right back for Gwinnett. So um, the Gwinnett seems like they're getting some reinforcements in a hurry. I mean, you had Grissom that just um, got moved down. Shoemaker shouldn't be too far behind. Chadwick Trump got moved back uh, today. So, yeah, there's a 
that lineup down there in Gwinnett should be looking a little better than it has been as of late. It'll be interesting to see what they do with uh, Luke Waddell. Um, you know, do they send him back to Mississippi so we can get regular uh, reps in? Yeah, uh, kind of interesting too how they treat Grissom. Are they going to give him? Are they just going to insert him back in as the regular shortstop, or are they going to start moving him around the field to give him a little bit of versatility? I suspect it'll be just like it was before with him playing three days at short and two days at second and shoemate flip-flopping with him. Yeah, because, I I mean, Grissom's still only 22 years old, so there's no reason to give up on the fact that he can be a a shortstop in the major league someday. So he'll still get a lot of playing time, too. I mean, because you never know. Let's say if Arcia gets hurt again and something happens to shoemate, you got to have somebody to play shortstop. Yeah, there's no downside to – trying to get Vaughn Grissom to be a major league shortstop, right? Um, he's, he'll either eventually take over in Atlanta or he'll be even more marketable as a trade possibility, right? So they'll, they'll keep playing him at short until they're absolutely certain that he can't play short. And I think that's part of it too is, I mean, obviously you're got players on the farm to help develop them, but in case of Alex Anthopoulos, you're also looking to build up their stock, like, I mean, you think of it, it's like the stock market. You're building up to try to possibly sell them off at the deadline, and you want to have them have their highest value. And where's Von Grissom going to have his highest value if they're looking at him possibly? He's playing shortstop, not playing left field and DH here and there. Right. They, that would, quite frankly, pretty much kill his trade value unless he just hit like crazy. And quite frankly, he hasn't hit like crazy at the major league level yet. So um, I, I think shortstop is where he, they will and where they should concentrate his um, his attention right now. Yeah, because if they moved him elsewhere, that would base, essentially turn him into Justin Henry Malloy. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he I mean he had a, a big bat, um, but can't really play a position anywhere. And you see, that, I mean, they got a reliever for him with one year of control. So <laughs> that's about the kind of value he would have if he got moved into a position like that. Yes. All right. And then there was some minor league moves today um, as well. And uh, probably the one that kind of caught people by surprise. Um, I don't think it caught us by surprise necessarily, unfortunately. Uh, first baseman Makai Backstrom released from uh, the Augusta Green Jackets. Uh, one of that um, one of that group of prep stars that uh, was drafted in 2019, uh, along with Vaughn Grissom and uh, Michael Harris. And then uh, then you have guys that are still in the system and, and working their way up, like, uh, like uh, Tyler Owens and uh, Caden Morton was part of that group. Um, so Makai Backstrom, you know, is a guy who hits the ball extremely hard, but only essentially plays first base. I know they've tried to play him in the outfield a little bit, but as an outfielder, he's a first baseman. And as a first baseman, and- he's a DH. <laughs> And his first man is DH, right? He's he's got some speed, but the fact of the matter is that he, in 368 plate appearances at the low A level, he was striking out a 38.9% rate. And this and season, I think it was like around 43%. It was even higher. Um, the good news is he was he was at least not hitting as many ground balls. He hits the ball extremely hard. The last year he just, I think he killed almost every worm in Augusta, Georgia, or I guess North Augusta, South Carolina. Sorry about that. But um, he was working, clearly working on getting in the ball in the air a little bit more, but the strikeouts were even higher. And um, 
he just he wasn't getting playing time. Uh, Justin Janis was outplaying him um, at the plate and on the field, and there just there wasn't there wasn't room to carry him. They brought up outfielder Bryson Worrell, who they're clearly interested in. They brought him up to Mississippi earlier, just a few weeks ago. To just to kind of backfill there, and they actually started him once at Double A, so he made his full season debut at Double A before going back to the FCL. So they're they're clearly wanting to see more of him. So um, so Warrell essentially takes Backstrom's spot on the roster. Uh, Warrell, of course, was a star at uh, East Carolina. Um, you know, a real real offensive threat. Uh, you know, a lot of people were commenting on, on uh, wow, I didn't even know the Braves had this guy. Um, he, he was a, uh, non-drafted, uh, amateur free agent signing last year. Yeah. I, mean, I heard an interview with him on the Mississippi Braves, uh, podcast and yeah, yeah. He, he, he seems like a really interesting guy. And it's funny. He got his first hit from Mississippi and <laughs> didn't get the, the ball back. I think he hit it during like one of those education days and one of the kids got it <laughs> absconded <laughs> with the ball and they never saw it again. Oh, uh, Bill, he'll have the memory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have your first professional hit being in double A. <laughs> yeah. That's a, not a lot. A lot of players can say that. Yeah. Well, he, um, he was like the one Augusta player that didn't have a huge day today. He, they, Augusta just absolutely crushed. Um, uh, who were they playing? Uh, Charleston. Charleston. Yeah. They, they absolutely crushed Charleston day on education day with our, with a friend of the show uh, on the Twitter at Austin Riley Rakes, uh, he uh, was uh, guesting as the color man on the broadcast. That was a lot of fun to listen to today, <laughs> especially for an Education Day type broadcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just going to take a, a quick gander at what happened at Gwinnett last week. They uh, finished up a two-week homestand, and now they'll be hitting the road to Nashville. But uh, they didn't do particularly well this week. Uh, they went two and four. Uh, first game of the week on Tuesday, they won behind uh, Bo Burrows, a 10-2 victory. Uh, they dropped a couple of games, and then a uh, big game on Friday night. The uh, aforementioned Jared Schuster tossing six no-hit innings on Friday night uh, in a 2 nothing victory. Uh the rest of the pitching, though, I mean, it, it just they actually got, just got destroyed. Uh, starting from Thursday, they gave up 15 runs on Thursday, the zero I mentioned on Friday, 12 on Saturday, and 18 on Sunday. So things didn't kind of went from bad to worse. Um, Michael Soroka gave up three runs over four innings in his start on Saturday. Tanner Gordon got his first start on Sunday for Gwinnett, and things went very, very poorly. Uh, he, only, he only recorded four outs, uh, gave up eight, hen, eight hits, 10 runs, uh, nine of those were earned, um, struck out one and walked three and threw 61 pitches in an inning and a third. It's not that alarming, though, because if you look at his first start for double-A Mississippi last year, it went just about as badly as that. <laughs> just recorded a handful of outs, gave up a lot of runs, and uh, it took it took about three or four starts to kind of start getting his footing. So, I mean, don't be alarmed with what you see out of Tanner Gordon at this point. I think uh, at some point um, – He'll kind of um, straighten things out a little bit, and then we'll see what his ceiling is from there, whether he can build upon what he did at Mississippi or if he just comes into a – turn into a Nolan Kingdom type where he just kind of uh, bounces back and forth and can do some starting here and there. Looking at the bullpen, um, the bullpen arms are still doing really well. Um, 
Yaxel Rios, we've, we've been talking about him every week, and we're going to continue to do so because he had two more scoreless appearances covering three innings this week, um, having another really good week for his season. Uh, Kyle Wilcox had one really bad appearance at the beginning of the week, gave up three runs in an inning of work, but then had two more scoreless appearances after that. Uh, it's still a big part of the bullpen there. Um, Grant Holmes and Joe Harvey had really tremendous weeks. Joe Harvey had three scoreless appearances. Grant Holmes had two. Uh, the bullpen's basically what's holding this pitching staff together right now because the uh, starting rotation, uh, as we mentioned before, is doing particularly great. Gwinnett's offense showed some improvements this week. You had Eli White um, after being sent down from Atlanta. He played a full week this week, and he did really well. Had a OPS just short of 900, had a three stolen bases. Uh, Forrest Wall, we, I mean, he hasn't been, he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle with the guy, guys like Eli White there, but Forrest Wall's been doing very well. Uh, had three doubles, three steals, and OPS over 1,000 this week. Luke Waddell still isn't hitting much at Gwinnett, but he is getting on base some. Um, he only hit 250 for the week, but had an OBP of 500 because he had eight walks for the week, including, I think he had two, three walk games. So he's he's been pretty choosy and doing well and getting on base, although he's not providing much else on offense. Uh, Nick Solak, ever since um, they picked him up from uh, the White Sox after he was DFA'd, got, had a brief pit stop in Atlanta where he had a um, pretty memorable um, pinch running appearance. But he's come down to Gwinnett, and he's done pretty well with the bat as well. So they're starting to get some bats down there. And then uh, as they get some reinforcements with Grissom, Shoemake, and Tromp coming back, that hopefully that'll help out the offense and get them back up to speed so they can be a little more competitive. Mississippi had an interesting week down in Pensacola as they finished up a two-week road trip there. Uh, it was very low-scoring games this week. Nobody ever hit double digits. I mean, you had some 2-1, 3-0 type games. Um, the starting pitching did pretty well, even though it was just kind of a cobbled-together rotation. Uh, the, the big problem for Mississippi this week is that, that they took on a, the Marlins affiliate, and Yuri Perez got the bookend starts for Pensacola this week, which mean he pitched on Tuesday and on Sunday. He is the number six prospect in all of baseball, and <laughs> things did not go well for Mississippi after having to face him twice for the week. Uh, actually, in the first game of the week on Tuesday, Tanner Gordon, in his final start for Mississippi, really outdueled him. Uh, he tossed seven shutout innings, uh, gave up just four hits, didn't walk anyone, and struck out five. Uh, really good start. Unfortunately, the bullpen blew it late. Uh, Jake McSteen let, a, let in runs uh, towards the end. Uh, a 2-1 loss. On Wednesday, Scott blew it. Um, three runs over four innings, not, not a particularly great appearance. I mentioned the smith Shaver robles uh, outing on Friday. That was the only game of the week they won as they lost uh, five out of six for the week in a, a series of low-scoring affairs. Unfortunately, there was just no offense to be had by Mississippi. They only scored more than four runs in a game once during the week. Uh, Landon Stevens, is, uh, it seems like he's starting to kind of acclimate to double-A. He's still not super impressed. I mean, three out of 14 for the week, but of his three hits, two one was a double, one was a home run. He got five walks. He was hit by a pitch as well. And he was the only Mississippi player to drive in as many as three runs for the week. So props to Landon Stevens there. Unfortunately, nobody else did much of anything for Mississippi this week. Well, there was, of course, the big return for uh, into the line of Jesse Franklin this week also. Uh, didn't 
didn't get much game action, of course, but uh, he did hit a home run in his first uh, first at bat back. Yeah, and uh, like I mentioned, the uh, Mississippi Brace podcast earlier, they had another episode where they interviewed Jesse Franklin, talking about how he was just ready to get back on the field, and then he came back on Saturday. He that was the only game he played during the week, but he did go one for four, and the one hit he had was a four hundred forty foot home run to left center field. It was a very impressive shot. And uh, an interview with him, it said he's going to be splitting his time. They're, they're going to kind of work him in gradually, uh, some games in the outfield, some games DHing, and he'll have uh, some days off here and there. So it sounds like we kind of uh, splitting duties, and they're, they try to gradually get him back into the lineup that he'll mostly be batting instead of playing in the field. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on because he's the one big-time power prospect in this organization right now. Yeah, I I happened to flip on just just in time to see Landon Stevens one home run. It was in the final inning of the game Sunday, uh, and the uh, Mississippi Braves. I think they were down, I think they were down four to one, and then Stevens hit a solo homer to make it four two, and then somebody got on, and then somebody hit a two run homer to make it four three, and uh, but then uh, Pensacola nailed it down after that, but uh, the, they made some noise right at the tail end of that game. So, sorry, Mississippi, I, I'll try to tune in earlier because because uh, obviously my presence was, was required for the offense to get into gear. You know what? They may not always win, but they'll always give you a finish. <laughs> I still don't know what that means, but great. <laughs> Poor one out for old Chip after he's having to watch the St. Louis Cardinals attempt to play baseball this season. Yeah, too bad. All right, moving on to Rome. Yeah, so they uh, they faced Bowling Green at home, and uh, they kind of kicked their butts, uh, at least for the first four games of that series. Unfortunately, dropped the last two games, but uh, it was kind of nice. the The hot rods have kind of had Rome's number for the last couple of years, and it's uh, it was it was good that uh, Rome were able to kind of dish out what kind of what they've been taking a lot. Uh, over the last several years. So uh, their record is now uh, 12 and 14 and they are tied for third. So hopefully they start making up some ground here soon. Obviously it's going to be a loss losing AJ Smith Shaver uh, moving up to, to uh, Mississippi um, right now. It looks like Daniel Martinez, who I th- who had previously pitched some in Mississippi's early in the season, he'll likely step into the rotation for now um, it looks like Hunter Riggins and Tyler Owens are both in the rotation at this point as well, and possibly Roldy Munoz. Um, I uh, did go to the uh, Rome game on Friday, and Roldy started. Uh, looked really strong, actually. Um, again, continuing a, a, um, a pattern of him pitching well when I'm in, t- in attendance. Uh, this is his first time I've seen him start. However, um, had some control issues early but settled down quickly and then in the third inning he um he just lost control of a brain ball and actually hit a guy in the back of the head and that seemed to rattle him just a little bit but he uh, overcame and then and then came in and pitched one more inning so um so other than other than that uh he was you know pretty dominating and then uh and then Luis Vargas this is the first time I've ever seen him pitch live I think maybe had his best night as a 
Braves farmhand came on and uh, pitched the uh, remaining five innings and didn't allow a single hit. It was uh, <laughs> quite impressive, uh, and certainly is certainly was his best work of the season. So, uh, so I get got an entertaining and quick game in on Friday. Um, Ian Mejia is is kind of the staff ace right now, and um, he's an interesting guy, Matt. Um, he can look absolutely dominating for like three, four innings, and then seems like he runs into trouble one inning where he can get hit hard. And uh, that seems to be a recurring pattern. It could be the first inning or it could be the third, or it's, but it's always, it seems like it's one inning. And it's just trying to get that consistency is probably the key to him progressing through the organization. Because um, like I said, there are times where he he's dominating the, the, double, the, the high A level. Yeah, that's not the most alarming thing. We saw, we saw a lot of that out of some of the starting pitchers last year. I mean, like, we, I remember times where Jared Schuster, he'd pitch like five really solid innings and then just get absolutely bombed in the sixth inning. And so it's a matter of just trying to get over that hump for that final inning. I mean, obviously, in Mejia's place, it's not the sixth inning or seventh inning. It's like the third or the fourth inning. But, I mean, I think it's just a matter of uh, trying to get him more stretched out and make whatever adjustments he needs to make. But I think once he gets over that bump, I think he'll progress pretty quickly and move on to Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, offensively, uh, Drake Baldwin, uh, he kind of shook off kind of the, uh, the little morass he was been in the last couple of weeks. He went five for 19 and got two home runs. Uh, Adam Zabrowski in the game I saw, uh, also homered when he gets hold of one. Holy cow. Does that go a long way? Just, uh, just a thump into the night. Um, Nacho Alvarez, uh, what can you say about him? Just absolutely, he's a, he's a rock um, in the middle of that lineup. Uh, 5 4 14 with seven walks. Uh, his uh, on base percentage still over 500 on the season. Uh, was talking with with a friend of the show, uh, Aaron Cohen, on the uh, on the Twitters, and you know we we were discussing about the quality of his at bats. You know, just um, you know he's obviously very selective, but. Um, I, he hits the ball hard. He hasn't. He doesn't have a home run. He doesn't hit really the ball up in the air very much. But uh, when he puts wood on the ball, it's usually got a loud sound. But it's usually a line drive, and it's very often a line drive the opposite way. Um, and I and that's especially true when he's in an RBI situation. I think he purposely is looking to to shoot the ball the other way, and it. And it consistently seems to cross up defenses and I love that kind of situational hitting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to whenever Alvarez and Zabrowski get promoted up here to Mississippi for completely different reasons. I want to see what kind of power Zabrowski can put together in this ballpark and then I also want to see what Alvarez can do against the more advanced pitching. I mean he might not be walking seven times in a week anymore, but obviously he'll have to make adjustments and I'm gonna be really interested to see what he does during those adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. That's the next step for him. I think I'd, I don't know if they're going to be in a hurry to move him up since, you know, Cal Conley's at short and maybe, uh, maybe Luke Waddell will be back there, uh, shortly. And then of course, in, in Gwinnett, you got Grissom and, and Shoemaker. So there's a little bit of a bottleneck at, uh, shortstop right now, um, across the organization. So I, I imagine Alvarez is going to stay in Rome for a little while, but, uh, yeah, I, I really want to see him with, against more advanced pitching, but you know, it, that might be like an Arizona fall league thing. Yeah. That, that I'd be a really good candidate to go there in the fall. <laughs> yeah.
All right, moving on to Augusta. They had a great week against Kannapolis, who very recently was in first place in the division. Uh, they had dropped to second place before the start of the series, and uh, Augusta just dropped them further. Um, but they took five of the six games. So uh, what a what a wonderful week for Augusta, which had been really struggling. Um, and then uh, today they took on uh, Charleston's for a six-game series and, and just uh, blistered their hide. So the team playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, pretty much all the hitters – started hitting this week and maybe it's as the the temperatures are climbing a little bit these guys are are going to start getting into the groove but on twitter uh garrett spain of uh battery power and uh, road to atlanta podcast um did a really nice job kind of showcasing ambiorsa tavarez's uh, adjustments at the plate uh just uh just over the course of the first month bringing his hands down a little bit and um, being a little bit quicker to the ball. And it's really showing up in the uh, box scores. Uh, Tavares, he's still striking out a lot, but uh, he's also making harder and uh, more consistent contact. So um, that's uh, good to see. He had his first homer uh, of the season, as well as uh, Nick Clarno hit his first. Outfielder Jair Casanova hit his first. And ironically, Makai Backstrom hit his first, which was a grand slam. Uh, so... He went out in a grand fashion, I guess you could say. Uh, sorry. Um, outfielder Ethan Workinger uh, was our OFR player of the week. He is, at, at the time of us writing the OFR farm report, it was a two-game hitting streak. He did get a couple hits again today, so he now is working on an 11-game hitting streak. And uh, EJ Esposito, uh, you look at his... Uh, you look at his uh, line, it doesn't seem like it's all that great, but he did go six for 19 last week. What he just has a knack for is um, he smells RBI opportunities. He's, uh, it seems like he's always, he, even if he only gets one hit, almost guaranteed that one hit drove in somebody. <laughs> um, so uh, it's, uh, again, situational hit hitting as a, uh, maybe an underappreciated aspect of uh, development because uh, you know, that's something you don't see in a box score very much um, on the pitching side. Um, let me get the bad news out of the way. First, uh, J.R. Ritchie on Saturday, uh, he faced the minimum going into the fourth inning, retired the first two batters. And then on a two and O count against the next batter, pulled himself out of the game uh, don't know what the issue was. Um, he was seemed, I was looking at the thing. It's like he was flexing his hand a little bit. Maybe, maybe like, uh, I don't know, maybe a blister or, um, maybe circulation or something like that. But, um, and unfortunately, Eliza Joseph came in and, uh, ended up walking the guy with a 2-0 count and then promptly gave up a two-run homer. And that was the first loss of the week for Augusta. Um, other than that, uh, the pitching was really good. Um, Seth Keller, excellent again. He did give up his first earned run of the season, but he did make it through the fifth inning and got his first win and first quality start. So that was a good sign, and I think he is pretty much settled into the rotation at this point. Spencer Schwellenbach started Thursday. He threw a season-high 56 pitches. Um, got through three and a third, uh, allowed only three hits and one run. And then uh, Owen Murphy, uh, he pitched on Friday. Uh, they ended up winning that one, but he gave up four runs. Two of them were earned, uh, so the defense behind him was a little off. Uh, his pitching was, I don't know, he's he's been dominating, but he's also had some, uh, some kind of 
uncharacteristic control issues right now. So he's kind of battling through it a little bit, probably just, um, you know, trying to ramp up here and, um, you know, carry through all these innings is, uh, is going to be different for him, you know, at, at, at these kind of, at this level. Right. So, um, nothing to be concerned about, but, um, you know, he, he hasn't been quite as sharp as he was in his first two or three starts. All right. Anything else you want to talk about, Matt? No, I think that covers it. A lot, lot of storylines going on in the Iron League system right now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a fun season so far. Um, it's even more fun when the the guys win. So um, Augusta and Rome, they they did their part. Hopefully Mississippi starts coming around here and uh, Gwinnett uh, gets a little more consistent. They're, they're getting beat tonight. But, uh, um, but uh, yeah, it was a fun week. Yeah, yeah, Gwinnett's getting reinforcements, and Mississippi got a whole lot more interesting with the additions of Smith Shaver and Jesse Franklin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Hope everyone has a great week. Have a good one. No, rien de rien. No, je ne regrette rien. Ni le bien. Chagrin, mes plaisirs, je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours avec leur trémolo, balayer pour toujours, je repars à zéro. Bien qu'on m'a fait, ni le mal.